This is the Ordained Educator Podcast, and I'm your host, Bridget Jackson. For almost three decades, I have lived and loved doing one of the greatest passions on earth, educating. I'm an ordained educator. If you're listening to this podcast, you are destined to do what you're doing too. You are ordained to impact others. Thank you for joining us today. Well, welcome, welcome back, ordained educators, for another episode. We are in episode number 91, and we are truly, truly excited. It has been one year. We are celebrating our anniversary month of the start of Ordained Educator. So we are very pleasured to have today's guest, someone that is incredibly talented and skilled in the area of education. Our topic for today is transformed, exchanging value. And yes, Our guest today exchanges value not only to her students, but value to all those that come into contact with her. She is definitely transforming lives around the country. I'm speaking of none other than Principal Regenia Crane. She is the principal of the Phoenix Academy in Mansfield, Texas. She's been doing that for two decades and she is rocking it out. She happens to be a first lady or pastor's wife, also in Texas, and she is the founder of the nonprofit Virginia Crane Ministries, where she pours out into people in the community. We're so very happy to have her today to share about mission and vision and how you can propel as a leader. In today's episode, we talk about your why, uh, what you can learn from others, leadership strategies, as well as mentorship, and it is fabulous. Let's go into our interview. All right, uh, guys, we're so excited to be with you again for Ordained Educator. We have a fabulous guest with us. We have the one, the only, Regenia Crane, all the way from Texas. She is a principal of the Phoenix Academy in Mansfield, uh, Texas. She has been in school leadership, administration, for almost for over 20 years rather and so we're just glad to have her not only is she that but she is a organizer founder of a nonprofit, the virginia crane ministry as well as she is the first lady and she first lady and she leads inside of the church uh true vine missionary baptist church so welcome to our uh platform and ordained educator virginia crane Thank you. Thank you for having me, Miss Bridget. I'm excited about being here today with you. Well, definitely happy, happy to have you and ready for our audience to hear some nuggets because I have learned so much from you uh, in the time that I've been knowing you. Just again, wonderful, wonderful leadership. So tonight we're going to talk about a couple of things. And I just want to start off to encourage uh, people that are out there, especially educators. One of the reasons why we designed uh, Ordained Educator and we did it way before pandemic started. So this is actually our annual uh, episode. We yeah. have we started one year ago. And what we talk about is motivating educators. And we want them to stay in education. So I just want you to start off there. Can you tell our audience uh, why you chose education and how has that been for you? 
Okay, so you're probably going to be surprised about this because education was not the first thing that I chose. Actually, my undergrad is in business and marketing. And so uh, it's it's just um, when I think back on it, when I was a little girl, I played school every day. My dolls, my stuffed animals, they were my students. They sit in a, you know, old school in a row in their individual desk. I had a white provincial desk in my bedroom. And so that was my teacher desk. I was the mama. I was the nurse. I was the principal. I was the teacher. I played it all. Okay. And so when I went to college, my mom, I can't believe you didn't go into teaching. I was like, no, I won't be teaching no kids. But I did it every day with my, my little students. Yeah. Stuff students. And so um, the way I got into it, you know, Jacob, my son, yeah. I was at home with him. So about when he's going on two, I decided, well, you know, I'm just going to sub a couple days, you know, just going a couple of days. And that was 27 years ago. Wow. Going in the sub a couple of days. And uh, I uh, worked with uh, the high risk need and they just kept calling me and bringing me in. And, you know, it's it's one of the things about sometimes you don't recognize the impact of your gift and then p- until people create that atmosphere or that, that platform for you to expand your gift. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Well, it is. It, we're, we are so blessed as educators to have you as a fellow educator in the field. Uh, I hear about all the great things that you are doing there in Texas. And we're just so very, very proud about that. Um, let's talk about learning. You know, as educators, that's one of the things that we do. We make mm-hmm. sure that we teach. Uh, but also, we are always lifelong learners. And I'm a yes. lifelong learner. I know you, if you've been doing this, like I say, you know, all of that time, lifelong. I was like you. I started uh, substitute teaching when I was going to uh, in during undergrad while I was getting my degree. I was like you too. I, I was not going into teaching, even though uh, ninth grade, we had to do a um, assignment and we had to look up, you know, what did you want to do for a living? And the teacher, you know, had us, we had to write a report and do all this stuff. So I looked up teaching. You know, back then, uh, for the people that are listening, that may be millennials and everything, we did not have this wonderful Google. We did not have an internet. We did not have a computer. No. Uh, we looked in regular books in the library. Yeah. <laughs> and so I went, I remember pulling up this book, and this book was about occupations. And it said what a teacher made. And I was like, really? That's all? And I, I wanted to be a doctor too, but I was like, you know, I've always said I was going to be a teacher. So I looked at what a doctor made. I was like, oh yeah, that's it. That's what I want to be. That's what I yes, want. Yes. And I decided to be a, a biology major. I did that my first a year in college. And I was like, uh-uh, genetics is not for me. Microbiology is not, and I liked it. I just didn't love it. Right. Um, so I switched over into education. And so I'm like you, I, I did it a couple years. I started subbing before I became a teacher and just absolutely fell in love with it and did it for almost 27 years until I decided to, uh, what I say, retire and start my second phase of my life in 2019. And so I just want to talk to you a little bit now, uh, Regina, and talk about who did you learn from or what do you learn from? How do you glean your information and your knowledge? What's that big influence on you? 
Okay. So of course, reading is number one, just reading resources. But in terms of people um, in my life, I learn not only from educators, but also business leaders. I have a really good friend. Uh, Her name is Deborah and um, she lives here, but um, she worked for a major company and she was um, a top executive leader, only Mm -hmm. African-American. And I learned just watching her. Because uh, one of the things I have, I noticed is that a lot of the business uh, strategies and how they plan and strategic planning, schools need to start really taking a look at. Okay. So in terms of leadership, I've even shared this within my district uh, because, you know, they say, you know, if it's going to say it, Regina Crane is not afraid to bring it out there, right? <laughs> so one of the things I've said to them, I said, I get we're supposed to learn the, you know, the PLC, the professional learning community, the TEKS and all of those things. Uh-huh. But what it, as a leader leading a school yes. is that there need to be what I call pure leadership skills that uh-huh. need to be learned. Yes. I can know the information. I can know the information about math teaks or English teaks, and I can learn about small groups and I can know those things. But what I need to learn is how to coach others to be, to empower them to become leaders. Exactly. And how to be able to plan for my campus as a leader. And that starts with definitely communicating out your mission and your vision of your campus. Um, I I am the principal of a very different kind of campus. Um, I'm the principal of the campus that many uh, community leaders or community um, uh, stakeholders and principals will say, those are those kids. Well, I love those kids. (laughs) I know that's right. Because those kids are usually the diamonds in the rough. And so they fall through the crack and then we put them on paper and then we label them without really getting to know them. Right. So I I actually run two programs. One is we'll call the DAP, which is a disciplinary alternative educational program for kids to get in trouble. They're assigned a certain number of days, you know, considered a punishment but I make it a learning opportunity. And I said, this is not, um, you know, they call it the pipeline of prison. When you kids go to DAP, I call it a cul-de-sac because it's an opportunity for you to go in and turn around. I love that. Say that again, the cul-de-sac. A cul-de-sac because you can go in and turn around. Yeah. And so uh, as a matter of fact, I just got a, a letter of one of my students that was there twice email me about how it made a difference in her life. Um, And we could talk about that later. But anyway, my second program is for students that for whatever reason, in Mansfield, we have a lot of hard, a lot of large high schools. Okay. Mm -hmm. We consider large and um, kids get lost. Kids may move in from a small town and here they are in this large high school with over 2000 kids. Yeah. Um, Kids have some some emotional issues going on, which is increasing. Mental illness is increasing. Um, Emotional well-being and all of those things. And so they get lost. And sometimes it is perceived as the student no longer motivated. They don't want to finish high school. 
They're tired of high school. And so they come to my campus and uh, I call it the Phoenix Academy. And then my tagline is where we're transforming lives. Because transformation is going to is going to happen when you step in those doors. Mm-hmm. You know, people tell me, say, I can tell you love your school because I get so passionate because I have seen transformation yeah. from kids. So I've had parents to say to me, I have my kid back. Yeah. You know? And so we work through because even if they're not in my school, I believe it's going to happen in every or need to happen in every school. There has to be a village. Yeah. There has to be a village. And we will say it takes a village. Uh-huh. And that is true, but it takes a healthy village and the right village in the right place and the right gatekeepers at the door, making sure nothing comes in there to disrupt the village. Exactly. So um, with that, with the two programs, I've been able to help several kids to graduate. So my first year there, this is my seventh year. And I can remember my first year was um, we graduated 77 students because I have a small building. So I can, you know, my maximum is about 100 to 105 at a time that I can hold in my building. Uh-huh. Uh, and of course, knowing that one student could be equal to 10 other students. Because you got to muddle through all that other stuff, right? And so um, year before that, before COVID, I ended up graduating 213 students. Wow. Yes. That's phenomenal. Yeah. So uh, I think I told you earlier that I had the name change because that wasn't the name, the Phoenix Academy. Okay. Uh, previously, when I... Um, I, uh, when I started there, the name was Mansfield Alternative Educational Center. Okay. Right. And it was, um, I, I actually, when I started my tenure at Mansfield, I started there as an assistant principal. I was the first assistant principal okay. because they determined that the principal now, that principal then, the school was growing. They were getting more issues there. So they needed another. So I was the first one. And so I started off as an alternative principal as a as an assistant principal. And then I moved to a comprehensive high school and I came back as the principal. Okay. So my first year there, I just observed, and that's one of the key things that I think as leaders, when you walk into something, walk in observing and not with the mindset of what you're going to change. Yes. Learn what you have walked into. Yes. So I um, spent my time observing and I was praying, walking around the school, just praying in my head. And I said, Lord, that the name of this building is a label. You have never called us to be a label. Exactly. So I pulled my kids and I said, okay, this is what I'm thinking. I think we need to change the name of the school. We, the kids got together, we voted on names and I went and I brought it before the board and they were like, Miss Crane, this is phenomenal. It's great. So that was uh, a step that, I had a couple of people say, oh, that's going to be down the line. That's going to take a long time. It took off for two or three months. All and right. A new name. And it yes. was on the, on the building. Yes. So I spent time even just within the community with our stakeholders, changing the perception of the building. So anytime anybody said anything negative, I would say, come into the building. Come mm-hmm. see. Come see. Um, you know, I had an old building. I had the oldest building, still in the oldest building, because they they've either had new schools built or renovated. Okay. And here's my thing: my my dad, mama said, if you take care of something, it'll last. You just make sure it's clean. 
Yes. Right. And so with my 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 uh, they they finally did some renovation. It's looked great. But even then, I made sure my school was clean. Yes. I had bright things up. I did things. Teachers did things. And, you know, while people were saying to me, you need a new building. That's true. But guess what? You have to work with what's in your hand. Yes. And a new building was not in my hand. Mm-hmm. I had, what was in my hand was what I was given. So the card you dealt with at that time as a leader, you have to make a choice. You could either talk about, spend time talking about what woulda, coulda, shoulda, or begin to work on what you need to do and make a difference. Um, I wrote out a vision for the school and it was almost like a three to five year. And I asked my, uh, my previous uh, superintendent, I said, I wanted to set a meeting up with him. Mm-hmm. And so he set the meeting up and I had it all in PowerPoint and everything because you got to show people where you want to go. Even yeah. if they don't believe it at that point, you need, they need to understand that you're going somewhere. Yes. So I showed it to him. He said, now, Regina, you know that that's going to be millions of dollars. And I said, I understand, but I wanted you to see the vision. Yes. Write the vision and make it plain. <laughs> and so he just retired last January and he reached out to me for Thanksgiving just to say, because we used to have some great conversation. And I said, you remember that vision I wrote in 2015? Yeah. And of course he did. And I said, I did. I went back and reviewed it. I've done most of it with no additional money. Yes. I did it with people and I did it with people that would be a a resource. Uh, I met a a sub at my, um, when I was assistant principal at a comprehensive high school, we just clicked. And this lady, well connected in the community, she said, whenever you become principal, I'm coming with you. She's been with me for seven years. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. One of my my things that I like to say all the time is if God gives you a vision, he's definitely going to give you the provision. He's giving you the provision and the favor because, again, you're transforming not just the school and you're transforming that whole community to, like you said, to have a different perception. You know, if we call and in my last school, we called our children scholars. Yes. So when the, uh, my first school, we actually called, it was an African-American school. And so, uh, mm, 90, well, I'm saying 99% uh, was African-American. And so the, uh, my, I, I came into a school that was already into in existence and the, the, the first uh, vice president, I mean, vice uh, principal, he uh, called them Kings and Queens. And we, he had this uh, mantra that they would say every day. And it's amazing because we have a Facebook group of a lot of the ones that graduated and now they're in their um, uh, late twenties and, uh, almost hitting 30 and everything now. And it's amazing because they still go back and talk about that. Do you remember when Mr. Glass had me? And it has made a difference in yeah. their whole life because we believe that they were scholars. We talked to them as scholars. We talked to them as if, again, you are, you come from a royalty. You are a king and you are a queen. And it doesn't matter the environment that's around you, yes. you have the opportunity to beat every odd that is set up against you. And so uh, those were some great uh, points, which leads us into where I want to go next. Uh, I want to talk about leadership. And I know, you know, you're a leader. 
I'm a leader uh, and, and we're leaders on multiple platforms. So we're in leaders in our natural realm, our natural world, our careers, but we're also leaders in ministry as well, too. And so a lot of times when we see the word leader, people think, oh, that's the person that's over there leading. Can you give some strategies and some tips? People that might not have a quote unquote leadership role. What does leadership look like for the average Joe Blow, for the average, uh, I guess, Joanne, average Joanne? (laughs) What what can he or she, you know, do? Because leadership is not about, again, somebody just absolutely following you. The first person you lead is yourself. So give us some tidbits on that. Okay. So I've always said you can lead without a title. Mm -hmm. So you can lead in the you know, being the line leader in the middle of the line or even the back of the line, being the caboose, because you're making sure everything is taken care of. Yes. Okay. So the first thing I think is your mindset. So just an example, um, even with my clerks, they'll say, well, you know, I'm just a secretary. I said, no, you're not just a secretary. You're a person that's needed, that you are valued. And you're part of the most valuable and understand that. I don't want to, but I do want to plug this in right here because I need people to understand that most secretaries and things like that. uh, I'm a a certified disc uh, consultant. And so you have the D, the I, the S and the C. Most people that are in those support roles or serving roles, they're more than likely a high S and S will say, I'm just an S. No, you're the glue that holds everything together. I used to tell my, my uh, secretaries, my registrars, my uh, office heads that look without you, there is no me. You are the gatekeeper. You have one of the most important roles because you hold the key to most of the stuff that operate around here. So go ahead. Yes. I love that. I I hate for people to say I'm just, no, you're not. And I want to plug this on your plug Mm -hmm. is even appreciate your custodians because Kids learn better when the atmosphere is clear of clutter, it's clean, it's bright, it's fresh, right? And so I, it drives me crazy for a principal to treat a custodian like they're less than. No, they're part of, they're part of, that's the village I'm talking about, right? So when we even talk about in 1 Corinthians, I love that I can use the word, but about the body, it takes everybody. You have your little toe cut off and see what happens. Exactly. You're not going to be able to balance, mm-hmm. right? So these people help us to balance everything that we need to do. Why? So that we can move forward. Yeah. But as a leader and leader mindset, it starts in your mind as to a leader because a leader is an influencer. Mm-hmm. But influencers don't have to have a title. They can walk in the room and change the atmosphere even as a custodian, even as a secretary, because it's something about them that would draw their energy would draw people. Right. And so even if you have that leader that does not have that title and I'm the principal, but it is something about one of my teachers or somebody that can come and be able to share and give me feedback. Okay. Um, what in, you know, another thing is that uh, in terms of being a leader, having that leader mentality. So that's what I would call a leader mentality, yeah. understanding who you are, yeah. when you are secure 
in who you are, you'll operate at a maximum level, maximum potential in wherever you are. Exactly. And so when you understand that and understanding your why, okay, everybody don't want a big title. Everybody, they don't want the responsibility because I tell people the higher the title, the more the responsibility. Yes, it's more money, but so many people have spent more money now taking care of their emotional issues because of the stress of the more money. (laughs) So you have to operate where God has placed you. You know, bloom where you are planted and know that you can make a difference. My mother said something powerful and I've been sharing it with so many people. She said, you know, with all this is going on and with um, with leaders and how we're doing things, she said. And when people were doing, um, you know, the different protests and all of those things and, you know, we've always done protests. We've always done the marches and all that. And that's great. I don't fight that. Um. but what she said was, we we need to move from making a track to making an imprint. And there's a difference. Yeah. A track eventually is covered up. Uh-huh. Just think about it. When yeah. we do march or when we do, eventually all that fades out, nobody hears anything. But yeah. when you make an imprint, it's moving from that track and then you start implementing and still being that advocate and making and making your voice heard, you're yes. making an imprint. Yes. And so I shared that. It just blew me away when she said, my mom is 85. Mm-hmm. And when she said that, you know, about that, I thought that is powerful because yes. all of us can make an imprint. Um, when we have on our headstone, the little dash in the middle, mm-hmm. that's really what counts. Yes. You, we don't, you know, we, we want people to live forever, but 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 really, it's not the days that we're counting. It's making the day count. Every day we wake up as a leader, making the day count. Every day, whether you are cleaning toilets, whether you are uh, putting in uh, data input, whatever it is, it's going to impact something else. Exactly. It's, it's going to make an impact on something else. So um, if you are not that person that has a title, know that you are still valuable because people are going to need whatever you have. Mm -hmm. What you have to make sure is that you understand and you embrace who you are and you embrace that your gifts can make a difference. Whether it's from the back, from the side, behind the curtains, Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter because the show don't go on until the back work is done. Exactly. So everybody is needed. And you you brought up a good point. Uh, I remember, again, as a school leader, one of the things that uh, I was just always uh, dead set on was uh, teacher appreciation. I renamed it. It It's like, no, it's not teacher appreciation week. It's not teacher appreciation day. It's staff appreciation. And we did everybody. And I remember the first school that I was at and that I did it, you know, the the staff that were not teachers, they were like, well, what do you mean? No, they can't do their job without you. This is a puzzle. We all fit together to make this happen. So leaders come in all forms, all fashions, all styles, even the children, the students, the young adults, no matter what level. Um, Some people listening to this podcast, you all, um, 
actually uh, may have teach adults, no matter who your listening audience is that you're, you know, planning over, we all make an imprint. I love what your mother said. That is good. Those tracks, the imprint. What yes. is imprint? Yes. Ooh, that's good. That's juicy. Yes, yes, yes. It's got to stick. You, know, you can take to the bank and cash that one. And think about it, Miss Bridget. When people go to you know to funerals and they speak of the person, they're eulogizing or they're speaking of the person, making remarks, as we call it. Yeah. Um, they don't talk about you know they had a three bedroom house on the lake and a car and you know and they had this and they had that. They don't talk about that because you can't pull your things to the graveyard with you. Exactly. But what makes a lasting impression is not even what you say and what you do, but it's how you make people feel. Mm-hmm. Think about how many times that you've had students to say, I remember when I was having that day and I went to my principal and all she said was, it's going to be okay. Yeah. And that's the one thing that they can hang on to. And that's why words have the power of life and death. Mm-hmm. And I think as a leader, Yes, children to any organization that you have, you should always be speaking life into um, your employees and the people that you're around. The lady that's in the in the grocery store, the the girl that's cashing out. Um, I I was going through Starbucks, one of my favorite places to go, and the girl said, and I asked, I said, "How are you doing?" She said, "I appreciate that because nobody ever asked me that." Yeah. Yeah. I've been doing a lot of that lately. Yes, I haven't yes. been coming out. I've been working from home, but on um, the other, well, two days ago, I went out and I, I was, I had the mask on and I was like hyperventilating because I can't stand to have it on. And I had been in the store probably about an hour. And so when I got to the register, I asked the, the sales clerk, I said, you know, I don't know how you guys do this. She said, unfortunately I do it all day. I have two jobs. I said, well, if nobody else has told you today, I appreciate you. And she was like, but yeah, we have to do more of that and understand without them, we do the things that we need to do without them. So they're critical They're, You know, we, I think we use that word essential right now during COVID loosely. They are literally essential. They all start going home and I'm like, I don't want to wear a mask. We would be hurt. We would be in trouble. So definitely making sure that we're doing that. So I love that. So we're going to segment into our last piece. want to talk about, oh, I'm sorry about that. I thought I had turned that off, but that is my affirmation. And so every day at this time, I have an affirmation go off and it tells me that I pour into somebody's life. That's what it says. It says, I speak life when I meet people, the prophetic flows from my lips every day. So what a good time for that to go off right now. We hope those of you that are listening, that you're really gleaning something and you're getting something poured into your life. And if nobody has told you, you know, I always say this at the end of the segment uh, to the listening audience. If you are uh, not a newbie, I appreciate you. If nobody else has told you today, I love you. You are ordained for this. You are. So we're going to talk about that, that, that helps with that ordained piece. I want to talk about mentorship because I know you're probably like me, Virginia. I had phenomenal, phenomenal mentors in my life. Uh, Let's talk about that. How did mentorship help you? 
it helped me to, one of the things that a mentor would do is help you to see things in yourself that you don't see. Mm-hmm. They also help you to see your blind spots. Yes. Okay. Uh, they help you to grow. And it's not necessarily they're the one to tell you what to do, but they are a guide. They don't walk behind you or in front of you. They walk beside you. And the trust has been is there enough to where you feel safe in asking questions. And you also feel safe in that if you uh, <clears throat> fail or don't meet the goal that day, you feel safe enough to get back up and say, okay, this is what I'm going to do. This is my plan. And so when I hear people say, well, I, you know, I just do it myself. I don't really need anybody. Here's what I say to them. Then you have just decided to stay where you are for a long time. Mm-hmm. You've just decided to say to stay stagnant. Yeah. Now, I do believe that you need to be that you want to be wise. You want to be wise and use discernment. OK, mm-hmm. because everybody can't mentor you. And even those that are close to you that um, when I say um, and by that, I mean, you have to be careful even with your friends, because it depends on the area that you want to be mentored in. Because you want, if, if you're wanting to be mentored, say, in education, you need to find those educators that or where you want to be and you see them and you see what they're doing and how they're doing and connect with them. Mm-hmm. And and I want to say this, it is not their job to chase you. Yeah. You are the one that's trying to learn. So my job is to follow and say, can I, can I, can I come with you, Miss Bridget? Oh, and Miss Bridget, tell me, well, I'm going to go to this, um, you know, this event. Miss Bridget, is it okay if I come with you? I don't wait for Miss Bridget to call me and say, you know, now she will because she did. And I do, but it should be a two way thing. Right. Because I'm the one that's trying to learn. Yeah. But if I'm dragging, it becomes dangerous when you're the one dragging them along and say, OK, this is what you need. This is what you need. At some point, you, they, you've got to be in that mode. You have to have a mindset of wanting to grow. And when you want to grow, then you start seeking out the things that's going to help you grow. Exactly. And you start making their request known with Thanksgiving in your heart. <laughs> yeah. Right? And so. um but but mentorship is so uh, important, and and not only that that when you when you are mentored, you should also be mentoring someone else at the level that you're in right there. Yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah. there's some things that you know. Can you expound on that? Because I think sometimes a lot of people think I have to get to this high place. You know, for instance, one of my coaches is the phenomenal, world renowned. Uh, Lisa Nichols. I always mm-hmm. want to call her Dr. Lisa Nichols because mm-hmm. I mean, she. We were talking about the PhD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She she got a PhD in life. You yes. know, she talks about the sandpaper. Uh, uh, her life being wrapped in sandpaper, but it got her where she is. Uh, now she speaks in front of over eighty million people worldwide. Just phenomenal. Yes. Well, yes. I reached to get help from her so that I could learn to be better at my craft. Now, I'm not mm-hmm. on her level, but I have people that I can speak into that are, you know, again, lower, not in not saying lower like a beneath, but they might not have had all the experiences that I have. So I can teach yeah. from my experience. And I think sometimes people think I have to wait till I get to that high platform. Mm-hmm. You just just mm-hmm. expound on that. You were going there a little bit. Talk about that. 
One of the things is when you say, when people, you feel like they have to wait till they get to that high platform, because uh, too many times, unfortunately, when they get to the high platform, they forget the people that they need to bring with them, right? But here is the key part. It's not waiting till you get the high platform. It's the process of it that people learn most from. You know, when you are even going through just life mm-hmm. and you already know as a believer, you have the victory. Guess where you learn the most? In the valley. In the valley. It's the process of it that's learning. So sometimes we want to people to see the end part. But if they look at the end part in their mind, they may think, I'll never get there. But if they see how you went through when you didn't make that goal, when you didn't make that grade, how you responded becomes a teaching tool for the one that you're mentoring, mm-hmm. you know? And so you're, you're not making excuses. You're not placing the blame. You're saying, okay. So the next time I need to do this, I need to do that. And you know what? So, so listen, I'm just telling you, if you're going to go this route, make sure that you do this because this is what I did. It didn't work. Um, or it may be a little bit more challenging, but I would, you know, encourage you to try it this way. People want to know the steps. And I think we miss it in wanting to talk to people once we have what we call arrived. Yes, yes. But it's it's that valley. It's that valley. Yeah, that it's a valley. I wouldn't take back my valley experiences for nothing in the world. Yes. yes. When I yes. became a school leader, my first school, it was in Detroit, Michigan. It was a charter school. I had over 700 children, K-8. Uh, I had assistant principal at the time, and he was the original. The school had been open for five years when I got there. And um, it, they needed a lot. They needed a lot. The test scores were... Uh, not as as developed as they needed to. And literally within um, two years, we were named by uh, MAPSA as a a school that was performing and beating the odds. And Mm -hmm. so you know, we didn't get all the way up there where we could, you know, our test scores were like some of the suburban schools, but we were moving that needle. And, you know, the point that I'm making is that, you know, I wouldn't have been able to go through a lot of that. I did uh, grueling hours. In fact, uh, again, with it being a charter school, our recruitment time was best in the summer. And so you think about educators, you know, a lot of people uh, brag about being an educator and I have the summers to spend with my family. Well, at the time I was a divorcee. I could not spend the summers with my children. I had two that were still in the home and I didn't get a chance to spend. I had to send them off to my mother-in-law. I had to send them to my mother uh, for the entire month of of half of July and most of August. Uh, And so my point was, I wouldn't have been able to survive all of that had I not had some of those hard times. As I said, I was a divorcee. Uh, That I mean, taught me so much. So when I came up with opposition, my favorite line was like, come on, bring it. Because none of this stuff can deter me or put me down because people don't know my testimony, what all I had gone through. You know, so I know I can stand in the midst of adversity. And so to people that are listening out there now, if you are an educator, if you are a leader, uh, no matter where you're at, this is going on with COVID. It's not going to match anything. You mm-hmm. have the wherewithal to be able to stand up in the midst of it. Because when you are handed those presents that are wrapped in sandpaper, 
oh, just down the road, you're yeah. going to be a much better, better person. So yes, that is yeah. great. I love the fact that you named the school. I wanted to wrap back around and talk about that. The, uh, the Phoenix Academy, you know, you're just talking about the perception and talking about, uh, how you look and viewed at your students. You know, mm-hmm. they wanted to call it alternative education, but you're like, no, Phoenix is rising. <laughs> yes, the Phoenix is rising. Yes, yes. It's a rising to greatness, yes. being transformed every day. And I, and you know, I will just say this as a leader, wherever you're leading, mm-hmm. it should be very clear, even before people read your vision, they see your vision. Yes. Action. Yes. You yes. know, and that has to do with the leader. Yeah. Uh, I have so many conversations on leadership because I, I just love it. You know, I love it. Um, I do want to just uh, just say is because I've taken the disc several times uh-huh. and um, it is a learning tool. Yeah. Uh, and it is a wonderful learning tool because if you are not self-aware. hmm who you are, your strength, and what I call your gaps or growth areas, uh-huh. and you will minimize um, your role to being becoming a better leader. Yes, you become aware of our who we are, and I am a strong D, and I know that have been for years, <laughs> and. Uh, Uh, And I've had to work on some areas. Jacob really, you know, um, he did. He he really treated me like I was a real client. Right. And uh, but I've had it before. And usually people, you know, just read the you just read the outcome of it. But when he began to talk to me about those two areas where you have that uh, adaptive. Uh uh, I was never, ever told that. Yeah. Like. My D will automatically come in. But mm-hmm. when do I kind of back up on that D is mm-hmm. when certain situations occur. Okay. And that that right there was a light bulb for me. Like mm-hmm. that blew me away. I was like, nobody ever told me that. <laughs> you know, when I, you know, I back down and I move into another, you know, maybe the I or whatever. And I just thought that was just phenomenal. Uh-huh. And uh, I would say to leaders, you know, taking, um, any kind of assessment that that would help you in in my case a disc help you to become self aware who you are yes because then it causes you to reflect on your team that if you're having some issues in a certain issue, and it may be cause you're trying to operate with a D personality talking to an I so so taking the disc for me that self awareness I would definitely uh, say that. Every leader, in addition to those who are up and coming future leaders, you need to be self-aware of your areas. So when you're building a team, mm-hmm. because if you have all D's, it's going to be a problem, you know. But when you have that, the D's, the I's, the S and the C, knowing how all of that comes together and the collaboration can create a greater performance yes. of what you do when you understand where they are. Uh, Because I know when some people find out, oh, oh, now I understand why you respond like that. Mm -hmm. Now I understand that you have to have every step written on the paper. You know, I I have a C, uh, assistant principal, 
And I always tell her, even though it drives me crazy, it keeps me balanced. Because if I want to know what happened on April the 2nd at 1 p.m., I promise you she has it. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And so I had to, I I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Then I have an assistant principal that she has to know the why, not in a rude way. She's trying to understand. That's how she processes. For me as a D, I want the whole picture. I got it. Let's move. Why you got to have all in details? But guess what? My team is more effective when I am able to operate and to be able to empower them to be true to themselves versus trying to operate an a D. Yes. And so it just makes the the move in your organization a smoother move. And it, you know what? It keeps you humble too. Yeah. I'm telling you, it does. Because then you recognize it's not just about you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's yeah. about the team. I like that you use the word collaboration. Uh, yeah. So we're going to kind of finalize here and uh, tell the audience a little bit about our collaboration. Yes. For my listening audience, um, I was actually introduced to Regenia a few months ago, and we have just clicked. Uh, I am broadcasting all the way from Michigan. I'm actually in the wonderful city of Flint, Michigan. And she is all the way in Texas. So we are ways away from each other, but we were brought together uh, by her son, who is an educator as well. And we are mutual coaches. And so uh, we have decided that we're going to do this uh, collaboration called Leadership Propel. Uh, let's let's tell the audience a little bit about how they can be empowered, whether they are a current leader or if they're seeking to go into leadership, mm-hmm, what, mm-hmm. what are we going to offer them? Well, Ms. Breed, I'm excited about it um, because we have an opportunity to pour into, as you say, uh, current leaders or future leaders. Because we're, we're going to be talking about, you know, your purpose, your priority and being and your productivity. Uh, as you call the three P's. We, in, in that, we're learning about communication and, you know, we're learning how to, 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 to be able to um, implement uh, strategies to help us to become a more powerful leader. And when I say powerful, I mean more, compa- you know, collaborative and empowering others. Yes. And, you know, you had said earlier about mentoring this is really kind of a, uh, a large mentoring group yes. because this is how I learned. I learned from people that were doing it and I learned from people that did not mind sharing things that work, things that don't work, things that it almost, uh, you can depict, you can definitely say, mm, that's going to flop because yes. when you move away from people being in, in assets into it's about you and your title, you can almost guarantee that it's not going to work. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you don't want people to just be compliant. You want people to buy in. Yes. So I think with this leadership propel, we're going to ha- have an opportunity to have you to reflect, you know, giving you strategies and helping you to move forward, but reflect on where you are and even reflect on some things that happened in the past and you're wondering what happened, you may be able to go back and identify those areas where the preparation was not there, 
people didn't understand really what the purpose was. Yeah. Uh, my productivity, I didn't, I didn't have that spelled all out. But then you'll also be able to go back and create additional opportunities to empower others. When you leave this class, it's not only about you being empowered, but we want you to leave saying to saying to yourself, I need to make sure that I am creating that imprint for others to yes. keep going. Yes. Because and the I- vision should never just stop when you stop. The vision should continue to go. Exactly. So I, I was saying not just making tracks. Yes. Making an imprint. Yes. We yes. have the opportunity to do that. So we're going to be holding a four-week uh, course. It is uh, going to be a cohort group uh, with a limited amount of spots. And so if that's something that you are interested in, all of that information is going to be in our show notes. But we definitely, definitely want you to step onto our campus. Here's the great part. With Regina and I uh, collaborating, we are bringing to you almost 60 years worth of combined educational experience. Do you hear me? And almost 40 years of leadership training all in one unit. Come on now. That's going to be absolutely dynamite. And as we said earlier, Regina, we're going to be able to help them with those sandpaper gifts that they've had to turn that into something wonderful. I still have uh, colleagues calling me from my first school. You know, I have people reaching out, I have parents reaching out to me. I have relationships with people that I've had for uh, forged over uh, almost 30 years now because of that relational capacity Mm -hmm. and because of what I poured into them. Like you said, that perception. Uh, My first school I taught was an urban school in what some people here in the state of Michigan would consider, you know, their uh, insignificant school district. My mm-hmm. kids went all over. I took them. We we went to the island. So we have an island here in Michigan called Mackinac Island. Um, they were able to go there. They were able to tour, you know, inside the, the Grand Hotel. You know, mm-hmm. now you have to pay like $20 to sit, stand on their porch, you know. But I exposed my children to all of that kind of stuff. And so we're going to be able to pour into people who really, really want to make an impact in leadership. We're going to be able to give them years and years and years of experience in four weeks. You can't beat that. No. And and you know what I'm excited about? Uh, Because I call it filling your tool belt. All right. All of you all, all of those that will participate, and I'm going to say all of you all will participate. You have some tools, but as you continue on, you want to keep adding new tools. Because some of the tools you have to identify whether or not they have become dull or they need to be sharpened or they even need to be taken out of the tool belt. Okay. And replaced with some new and fresh. This is the 21st century going on the 21st century. So there's some new things that I am still learning, you know, that I am still learning. And that's what you call to being a lifelong learner. And what I love is, is these things, these platforms that that you will understand that we're not trying to not that we have arrived, but we do feel like we have some experience, just like those people, the Lisa Nichols. Yes, it's still it. I don't think she's at the top of the mountain yet. We're always, always moving, yes. you know, always moving toward elevating to yes. being greater, to to making sure that we not only go up, but we go out, mm-hmm. you know. 
Um, and so what an opportunity to come and share. We, we Listen, we are willing to share our secrets. We're willing to do that. And I love that. And the one thing I want to say, Ms. Bridget, is that you'll come away with a plan. Sometimes we come with a meeting and we don't know where we start. So we just put it on the shelf. We're going to start you with a plan. We're going to, you're going to end up with a plan to work and working that plan. Yes. And also being able to identify what their superpower is. And so, as I said before, I'm a certified intermetrics disc consultant. And so all of our participants are going to be able to take the disc assessment. That alone is a two hundred dollar product. So, you know, just to be able to do that, take that and then get that information, as Regidia said, um, then be able to take that, drill down with that and develop your own personal plan of growth. And then the even the greater part is when they're in this community, we're going to be doing some community uh, collaborations as well as of them being able to have a subscription box. And so we'll tell more about that subscription box and all of those other details. We just want you to go to the show notes and get that information. And we're excited like to be able to do this collaboration. Uh, I'm blessed, Regenia, to have you now in my life. And I'm just learning from you. And as you try to tell me, you're learning from me. We're lifelong learners. Yeah. yeah. And that's what you do. You connect with people. It's about connections and healthy, growing connections that are undergirded with love and patience and all of those things. So yes, I'm a, I'm, I'm a, I am ecstatic about being a part of this. And, um, and so those who are listening, I, I just hope that you take advantage of this, of the opportunity for us to grow together. Because even in the midst of us sharing with you, guess what? We're we and Bridget get to grow yes, too. We get to grow. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. love that. That's one of the things like I can say. I, I love the absolute wonderful Lisa Nichols. And she talks about that transformation. And then in addition, uh, my certification, I'm a certified execution coach under the number one motivational speaker in the world, uh, Dr. Eric Thomas. We call him E.T., the hip hop preacher. And one of the things that E.T. talks about all the time is growing. And so somebody mm-hmm. asked him about when you when he got there. He said, uh, ask me that later because I haven't arrived yet. Yes, I'm still learning. And he's able to sit in the presence of, I mean, all types of people, you know, big figures. Here is a man that was eating out of trash cans, was homeless, was a high school dropout. He's sitting at the table with Warren Buffett, getting and gleaning information. Mm-hmm. Dan Gilbert. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Has given him an office. He doing stuff that people that had degrees and other stuff that he didn't have are 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 just surpassing. So that is so very important. So that's one of the reasons why I wanted to collaborate with you, Virginia, is to give back. I was yeah. blessed with some wonderful, wonderful mentors, and it's mm-hmm. always my obligation to give back. So I'm excited. I can't wait uh, for leadership propel. Is we want people to be propelled into an entirely different dimension. Uh, yes. COVID is not yes. going to be able to stop it. Now, for the people who have lost people, uh, I want to you know make sure I clarify that because I have lost so many people. I lost somebody this week, actually two days ago, um, from the the taping of this recording that we're doing right now. So I don't want to dim- diminish 
the fact that we've had a lot of loss of life. But the thing that is, is we're here and we have another day to breathe God's air and breath. So we need to go about doing his business and propelling. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Any last words? Well, I just want to thank you for the opportunity to be able to share um, my journey. And um, I am just very transparent and love sharing uh, and helping people, helping people to be a better you to, to today than you were yesterday. As I every day, I think it's important for me to be a better me than I was yesterday. Yes. And I am that because today, Miss Bridget added value to me. And so I always tell people, when you around people, before you leave, value should have been exchanged. So we look so forward to all of you that are going to be part of Leadership Propel. We can't wait to see you and spend time with you and, and for you to become more, even more self-aware of who you are and just being um, just rooted and settled in your purpose and your why. My head is turned over here. So for the people that are are watching the actual video, for the people that are listening on audio, we're doing both. We're video and we're doing audio. My head is turned because I'm quoting Virginia. I actually wrote that quote down. So when you leave somebody, value should have been exchanged. I love it. I love it. But thank you, my sister. Thank you. My collaborator now. I'm just really, really very, very excited. So I hope you have a marvelous, marvelous day. And thank you so much for being on our show today. I believe our audience, I'm not going to say believe, I know our audience uh, had had value. I can't even talk right now. Have had added value to them. So thank you, my sister. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, we hope you enjoyed that episode with our special guest, Virginia Crane. I'm so very excited about the four-week Leadership Propel. If you are interested, please go to the show notes and find out how to contact us and reach out. As well, you know, we love feedback. So please email us at ordainededucator at gmail.com if you have show ideas or if you'd like to be a guest or know someone that would be a great guest for us. Please, 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 if you have not subscribed, please subscribe, like, and share. Share this with others. Again, you are so valued. Thank you for being our listening audience. We couldn't have made it one year without you. So we're so excited that you have helped propel this podcast. Ordained Educator would not be here without you. If there was no you, it would be no us. I appreciate you and the fact that you have been around and stuck with us. Thank you as always. And you know my motto, coach me and I will learn, challenge me and I will grow, believe in me and I will win. You are a winner.